And we are live. JT here. Welcome to The Huddle. The Huddle is where I sit down with successful people from the world of sport and coaching. It's to learn more about their journey to greatness. Why do I have these conversations? Because success always leaves clues. I want to take a moment to thank you. Whether you are tuning in live as we stream into our Facebook community, whether you are watching the replay on YouTube or on Facebook, whether you're listening to the audio on the podcast, thank you so much for being here with me and my special guest today. And here's my reminder to you. The mind is like a parachute. It works best when it's wide open. So my challenge to you is to go all in on this conversation remove any distractions and get laser focus on this conversation. And my guarantee to you is you will gain a valuable nugget of wisdom that will not only help you succeed in sport, but more importantly, in the game of life. I've been looking forward to my conversation with my special guest. Uh, we met a few years back and the one thing uh, before hopping on, there's, there's, always been a, there's always been this energy about him you know, um, that I've always kind of been inspired by. It's always sort of drawn me to him. And, you know, we were connecting a few months back and, and you know, I thought, you know, life's all divine timing. I really wanted to bring him on and, and just learn more about his journey to greatness and, and see what's got him to where he's at. Uh, my guest in the huddle today is the assistant head coach, defensive coordinator and recruiting coordinator at the University of Waterloo uh, Warriors football program. My guest in the huddle today is Coach Daryl Adams. How are you today, brother? I'm doing well, JT. How about yourself? You know what? Feeling blessed, brother. Just got that a run before we came on. Just wanted to get my mind right and just wanted uh, an enthused just for our conversation today. Awesome. I envy you. I haven't gone for a run in quite a while, so <laughs> I'm trying to get on that boat at some point. <laughs> it's all good, brother. Uh, before we get kicked off, you know, I, I really want to take a moment just to remind uh, our listeners and our viewers that you know, I'm a believer in the importance of counting your blessings. And one thing I've learned from my lived experience is it's a daily practice. You know, some days, you know, I do it better than others. But again, that's the game of life. Uh, and, I'm, and I firmly believe one of the biggest blessings we can give someone is our time and energy. So I, I really want to thank you again for, for blessing me and our community with some of your time and energy, especially during this busy time before we kick off the football season. So thanks again, brother. You're welcome. My pleasure. I appreciate the opportunity. Looking forward to chatting with you. I thought you'd break out into a prayer there. I was ready to rock. Give God his glory by all means. Okay. Okay. Uh, so uh, one of the reminders I often like to give myself and others is that, hey, life is a game and games are supposed to be fun. So I'm curious, uh, what is an interesting fact? You know, I had a coaching colleague that said, we all have our quirks. We all have these, this, these things that make us unique and different. So I'm curious, what's an interesting fact about you that maybe a lot of people don't know, but you'd be open to sharing with our community? Yeah, for sure. Interesting fact about me is uh, I'm a fall <laughs> baby, so I love football by nature, but I actually know eight people that have the same birthday as me. 
Okay. It's just, just crazy when you think about it. I, over the past, you know, 10 or 12 years, um, eight people, a couple teammates in Hamilton, uh, my wife's cousin, a um, couple coaches that I met through coaching my network. So it's, it's pretty cool to know that eight people were born on the same exact day as you, right? Pretty cool. Okay. It sounds like, uh, you know, that day was a blessed day. And again, a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of people were brought into this world. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, so I, I'm curious, you know, your uh, lived experience, right? Uh, you've been a high quality athlete, right? High quality coach, and you've played at, at multiple levels, right? Like you started off um, being successful, right? In, in high school, then at the university, then the professional level as an athlete, and then you transitioned into coaching, again, um, coaching at multiple levels, professional, uh, provincial, national, university. So I'm curious, sport has obviously played an important role for you in your life, I'm curious, what is one lesson that sport has given you that you find yourself still applying to your life today? If I had to choose one, I would say just the, the hard work, because um, you can apply that anything in life, whether you're, you know, making dinner, <laughs> whether you're at your job, whether you're raising your kids, you know, that hard work, that mentality of I have to always get the job done at all costs. I have to sacrifice in order to finish the task. I have to put the work in to be better than the next man. That mindset can always travel with you, whether you're in Canada, US, whether you're playing sports, whether you're doing a job, whether you're running a business, that hard work has to be rooted in everything that you do. And, you know, as believers like yourself and myself, you know, it's, it's hard work doing God's work. You know, it's, it's not easy because we've got the devil that's always baiting us and tempting us. But, you know, that hard work, that mindset, that every day I'm going to get up and give it my all to be the best version of myself is one of the biggest lessons I've learned from sports, both as a player and as a coach. Because personally, you know, getting to those levels took a lot of work, some luck and some blessings. And now trying to have players achieve multiple levels of success, both on and off the field, it is always rooted and founded in hard work. Mm. And, it, and, and I love everything you're sharing. And it, it's interesting. We live in a world where, you know, social media is a tool, right? And it's interesting because we often see people's highlight reels, right? Like we see the end result, but like you, but like you've reminded us, it's, it's really that consistent and focused action that goes on when the cameras aren't on that, that aren't happening on the field that actually helps create success in any area of your life. Great. So, so I'm curious, was there a coach, was there a teacher, was there a mentor, was there a family member that helped you understand the importance of consistent and focused action? Yeah, I would say it started with my high school coach. Um, I was a two-sport athlete back in New York, Long Island, where I'm from. And, you know, I was a, wasn't a highly recruited player. I was probably 6'5", 210, soaking wet, more of a basketball background. But my, uh, my basketball coach knew I wasn't going to play at the next level. And my football coach kind of felt like if I put the work in and uh, I gave myself an opportunity to prove myself, I'd have a chance to do great things. So mm -hmm. fortunate enough for me, I was able to get a scholarship and play at a good university. And the mm -hmm. coaches there helped me along the way. They kept reminding me, my defensive coordinator specifically, always talked about, hey man, you can do great things if you continue to work and trust the process. So starting with my high school football coach, my defensive coordinator university, those two guys um, really, really helped springboard me to the levels of success I had as a player and those lessons I now instill in my players now being a coach. Mm -hmm. 
And I, I love everything you're sharing and what it reminded me, you know, what I really heard from you is the importance of surrounding yourself with a strong and powerful team, right? If, of, of having people that encourage, right? That, that, that pour their energy, enthusiasm, passion and belief into you. So I'm curious from your experience, again, you've worked, you know, you've played with, you've coached at many different levels. How important is it for someone if they are looking to reach their next level of greatness, you know, their next level of success, how important that they are actually open-minded, that they are actually coachable? It's very important. And I believe it starts with parenting. My mom was my biggest influence. Um, just watching her for years, grind it out, working, you know, making sure I always had food on the table, clothes on my back. I didn't have to worry. You know, unfortunately, she wasn't able to see me play until my senior year at university. But that was just a culmination of all the work and sacrifices she made. So, you know, to your point, like you have to be able to, one, listen, right? And it's two different things of listening and hearing. I try to explain that to my son right now. He's 12 and he's learning about worth ethic and stuff. So, you know, being open-minded starts with listening. Okay. I'm not just waiting my turn to speak. I'm actually taking in to heart what you're saying. I'm letting it register in my head and I'm thinking about what's actually happening. So the message has got to resonate within. Um, so having that opportunity to listen is the start of it. Number two, stepping outside of the box, outside of your comfort zone, because people are setting their ways. Habits are hard to break. You know, Aristotle said, you know, we are who we repeatedly do. So it's a matter of, okay, I know I can look at it one-sided, but can I have the fortitude, the ability to take a minute, take a deep breath and say, let's think about seeing it from a different perspective. Let's be, you know, more absorbent of the information and materials and try to look at things through a different lens. So, you know, mm. listen first, you might catch up to some great things. It's a lot of great speakers in the world, a lot of great coaches in the world. And if you're willing to open up your mind, your sense of thought and embrace different ideas, it just unlocks a whole world of opportunities and experiences you might not be aware of. Mm. I love the simplicity of what you're sharing. And what I really heard from you again was the power of active listening. And what I often remind myself and, and those that I'm leading here is we were given two ears and one mouth. So we should be listening twice as much as we talk. So I love the power there. And I love how you share again, the importance of, of being able to be open to diversity of thought. And, and it's acknowledging that we live in a world that Everything is curated, you know, again, in a social media driven world, everything is curated that you, everything that's being fed to you is unconsciously like a certain lens of the world. So it's important that we challenge old ways of thinking, challenge old ways of being, because as you so eloquently shared, they were subtle, right? The habits sometimes aren't easy to break. No, not at all. So I'm curious, is there anything that you do in order to really open up your mind to to maybe shift your perspective. So to keep that open mind, to keep that coachability. For sure. To stay relevant, especially in my profession, you have to know kind of how the players think and how they operate. It's an everyday struggle because I was born and raised totally different than this generation. I was coached differently. I played the game differently. The game itself is different. So each and every day you have to take some time and, and be intentional of learning your players and figuring out how they're seeing the world, how their experiences are, and try to figure out ways to help them through and help them open their mind and embrace different techniques. Like we're old school. So we're trying to embrace <laughs> old school, you know, uh, systems and strategies and things and sometimes they don't absorb it well we're trying to draw stuff up on the board or give them a playbook and they're like just send it digitally or, or you know what i mean they do everything electronically right so you know learning your players 
listening to them because it's important to hear them because sometimes we get shut we just shut them out you, you're a player you don't know shit speak my language but yeah. it's important to have that two-way communication to be able to understand what they're seeing why they're seeing it that way how mm -hmm. they feel about it how they interpret it and then to get them to respond the way they need to in order to be successful so it's an ongoing process it's every day and you know being a proud parent of two i have examples at home that i can always refer to okay, now I see what they're thinking. I see what's happening. And you get to different levels and you realize people are all different. So how does that person learn? How does that person see it? So if you can find different ways to be different versions of yourself yeah. while keeping it true, it's just going to help you progress. And it keeps you young and fresh too, right? Because yeah. every year is a new crop of players. We got a bunch of guys com coming in tomorrow as freshmen and they're going to have different experiences. They're coming off with two years of COVID. So, you know, it's a matter of how do you adapt and adjust to each individual situation. And you got to be patient. Yeah. You have to be open-minded and you have to be willing to just take a deep breath and soak it off. Because sometimes it just flat out doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But it makes <laughs> sense to them, so figure it out. Right? Yeah, I, I love it. And, and you know, talking to you, I know before we were talking about, you know, you, you're someone like me, you, like you have a bias to inspired action, right? Like you just, imperfect action, right, is always, you know, you'll never have it perfect. You might as well just take focus action. And it was interesting. I could see your communication background because I know that you know you you had you did study communications in university. So it's great that you understand the importance of like simple, clear communication. And a funny story, as you were describing it, I realized the same thing uh, when I was with the U16, U16s in Sackville. I started to realize, like you, that oh my goodness, like these young these young people are closer to my kids in age. So I almost had to sort of go, okay, how would I want to, how, how can I effectively communicate in a way that my kids would understand, right? So it's it's yeah. it's an interesting, I feel like we're at a different stage of, of the coaching career at this point, right? <laughs> sure, it's been an adjustment to say the least from when I started 10 years ago to where I am now, yeah. total, total different players, total different way of coaching these guys. So you have to continuously adapt and adjust to the changing times in the world, right? So yeah. it makes it fun, it makes yeah. it fun. Sometimes challenging, but overall, I still love what I do. I, I don't call it a job. It's it's a vocation. It's something I do that I'm blessed to be able to do full time. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I love the vocation piece. I know Kurt, Coach Burt was saying the same thing, right? Like vocation, like this is a bigger calling. Yeah. So, so I'm curious, you know, being around your energy, right? Like you have this, this, this big energy, this big enthusiasm, right? Like it draws people in. Like I, I've seen it not only from my, my own experience, but I see how, how, how our uh, football Ontario, our team Ontario athletes get drawn to you as well. Um, but I'm curious, what inspired you to pursue this vocation of, of coaching football? Um, because I, I believe you could have been successful in anything that you do. Yeah, what, what inspired, what inspired I you? I appreciate that. And, you know, coming up, I never aspired to be a coach. I really didn't have right. a plan in terms of coaching. You know, I was one of those coming from New York, you know, it was all football all the time. And that was my ticket. I was going to play in the NFL, buy my mom a house and then take it from there. But, you know, that plan got changed a little bit through university. Um, I was working at the bar, just trying to make ends meet. And I got to know the owner very well. And he was teaching me the ins and outs of a sports bar. And I'm like, okay, when I finish playing ball, I'm going to open up a chain of sports bars. Well, you know, I played in the NFL, played in the CFL, my career was done. So I'm 25 years old, like, oh, what do I do now? I don't have the funding to open up this chain of sports bars. So let's look at some different options. I had uh, in the off season, I was getting certified for strength and conditioning. So I had that as a backup plan, but oddly enough, getting into coaching was almost on accident. 
um, me being American, I'm not sure if I disclosed that to the yeah. public, but um, I'm originally from Long Island, New York. I've been in Canada now 15 years. And back in 2010, while we were waiting for my permanent residency to come through, I was almost deported because my work permit was going to expire. So I, I called the Thai cats up because it specifically said you can only work for the Thai cats. So my playing days were done. So I'm like, listen, can you guys hire me in any capacity? Like whatever, I could be the janitor mopping for I just need time to stay in the country to make sure my papers come through so I'm legit. And they, you know, they recognized me and my efforts as a player. And I had my certificate for strength and conditioning. So they brought me on staff as assistant strength and conditioning uh, coach. And then because the staff was the same, um, Coach Marshall, who's now the head coach here in Toronto, was a D coordinator. John Crawford was a D line coach. They allowed me to work with the defensive line as an assistant. So I took a liking to that. They took me under their wing, they mentored me. So from there, that almost like last ditch effort to stay in the country propelled me to the career that you see today. Um, just naturally, like you talked about, I have a natural affinity for football. The sport itself just brings out the best in me. You may not see it in this meeting, but you get me on the football field, it's a totally different animal. But um, yeah, it was a matter of um, opportunity with the with the organization that hired me yeah. the familiarity with the coaches on the staff and just again by god's grace saying okay this is what i have in store for you take it and run with it and here we are um you know 12 years later and i'm right where i want to be mm, i love that and again you, you can tell you know what i really heard from you again you can really hear and you can really sense and feel again your deep connection to faith right like believing in something greater than you and, and it's interesting that, you know, where I often come back to, and again, it's a daily practice, but, you know, it's trusting, like, like you were mentioning, that you're exactly where you're supposed to be. And it's interesting that, you know, we live, again, uh, we're sort of conditioned to think that we need to know the 365 steps to, like, get somewhere, but really, you just need to take that one focus action. In your case, hey, I have the strength and conditioning ticket. Is there anything that you're willing to take that inspired, that courageous action? And all of a sudden, here we are 12 years later, you're in your vocation, you're doing what you love, you're helping and serving the hearts of others. So I, I love it. Okay. Um, so, so I'm curious, you know, beyond, you know, football, um, one thing that, you know, we were chatting about before it came on is I love how you're being an advocate for change and you're being the change, right? Not just being, not just talking about change, but you're being the change, which is always powerful. Um, but I think what is unique about it is that you are being a change at multiple levels, right? So obviously, um, you know, being a change maker in your life, uh, you're being a change maker at the university level, um, at the provincial level, um, at the CFL level, right? At the OEA level. So I'm curious, what inspired you to be a catalyst of change, you know, specifically around, you know, promoting more diversity, equity, inclusion uh, in our beautiful game, but really sport. And, and the game of life. What inspired that? It was almost a matter of, I had to. Uh, by nature, I'm a guy who likes to stir the pot. I hate uniformity. I hate everybody <laughs> being the same person. We're all individual, we're all unique. We yeah. all have different viewpoints and perspectives. And, you know, I like being somebody that asks the tough questions. I want to stir the pot. I want to get people thinking and talking and showing them true selves. I don't do well with the gray area. You know, this is not a racist thing. I'm all about black and white in terms of be decisive, you know, 
Show your hand, tell what you are, be truthful, be honest, be true to yourself. Don't try to front and put on a face and be something that you're not. So by nature, I'm a guy that wants to get everything out in the open and have definity. I want, I want to be everything to be definitive in terms of this is how I feel, this is what I think. And then we can come to a common ground. We can discuss, we can have conversations and learn different viewpoints versus having those, ah, maybe what it could have, should have, I don't know, I'm stuck in the middle. I struggle with that stuff. So I'm trying to yeah. be at that. But by nature, my needing to have that clarity help me understand okay we're living in a white centered world so how do we make things better for those who identify as black indigenous and racialized how do people like myself who look like myself get to positions that i'm in well what do we have to do at, a, at, a, at the core rate what do we do systemically to try to invoke change and this starts with people's mindset you talked about having an open mind well we have to go to the root of the problem and, and really unpack those racist and innate feelings and, and beliefs and mindsets and mentalities to truly make the changes that are necessary so at this point in my life i'm just carrying a baton that was passed to me by my ancestors, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Marcus Garvey, those guys that went through the Civil War to get us to where we are today. It's my job to continue the race and figure out how we can make changes to pass the baton to the next generation to ultimately at some point, the world is no longer white-centered. It's that gray area that I struggle with, but mm -hmm. it's because we all are now interdependent. We're working amongst each other. We're depending on each other. We're understanding. We're preaching each other. And now the history isn't just dominated by one particular race. So, you know, the whole EDI term that I really don't use a lot because it's about being white centered because we're trying to be included into what? White centeredness, right? So let's eliminate yeah. that and try to be more diverse in our understanding of each other as people, our backgrounds, our cultures, because it's a rich history that is very, very, we're not even scratching the surface on the truth of what's happening while we're over here. So it's a matter of how do I, as an assistant head coach at a university, use my platform to empower others to tell their story, to be able mm -hmm. to give them opportunities to speak their mind and their truths, to be able to figure out how we can create policies and rules and regulations and opportunities for others to benefit, not at the expense of somebody else, but to be able to have equal opportunities for all, right? So it was a matter mm -hmm. of being in this position and not just being content coaching football. Well, my job is multi-layered. I'm a coach, I'm a teacher, I'm a mentor, I'm, a, I'm somebody that people look up to, I'm a big brother. And I, I have a very large network because of it, getting out on the road recruiting, talking to different coaches and players and parents and traveling the country. Like another unique fact about me, I'm American, but I've, been, I've seen more of Canada than a lot of Canadians, right? There's a lot of Canadians that are stuck in their little silo, whereas mm -hmm. I've been around this entire country. So I have a very uh, extended reach to be able to get people like yourself who are open-minded, who want to create change, who want things to be equal and better, not just for now, but for the future. Because if we don't start, it'll always revert back to what it was. I learned a great analogy from Dr. Christopher Taylor. He said, don't be like a rubber band. Think about it. You stretch a rubber band and it goes pretty far and it can change. But the minute you let it go, it goes right back to its original form. So we have to mm -hmm. continue to push for change to make sure that they're longstanding, they're sustainable. But we have to start at the ground level, which is within your own thought process, within your own circle of friends and family. Then you grow it to your work and you grow it to however your extension reaches. Mm -hmm. I love your message. And again, just, just being around your energy, your enthusiasm, your passion for it, you could tell like, this is not like, this is, this is a vocation for you, right? Like this is something called, like you just feel called to share. 
and and being a big you know I'm a big word guy and I love the words you're talking about right it, it's about celebrating diversity right it's about creating more opportunity right and it's really uh, about just yeah just acknowledging that everyone has their gifts their talents and abilities and and really it's really about uh, giving people, uh, a, a, you know, a platform to be able to share those, right? Um, and and why I love all that is, uh, you know, I love this idea, and, I, and I'll sort of butcher the quote a little bit, but you know, to enrich the lives, you know, to to live a rich life, you first have to enrich the lives of others. So right. I love, I again, I love all the words that you're using, and and you can tell that again, your passion for this. Uh, so so I'm curious from your perspective, right? You know, let, let's acknowledge a fact, like change isn't always easy, right? Change isn't always filled with sunshines and rainbows, right? Uh, like some of these habits are deeply ingrained, generations deep yep. in the DNA. Um, what has been your experience? Um, because I feel like after the last two and a half years, people are are, are becoming more aware. What, what has been your experience as we've navigated uh, this time where people, I think, are calling for more change and people are becoming more vocal about it? Yeah, um, I can't pinpoint one specific time. Um, obviously, the summer of George Floyd back in 2020, when he and Breonna Taylor, amongst many other unarmed and innocent Black people were murdered, that was just kind of the peak of everything mm -hmm. that has made people more understanding. Um, mm -hmm. For me personally, it was just a matter of looking at my experiences being Black in the both US and in Canada. Because when I first got here, it was like, okay, it's, it's not what I'm accustomed to in terms of the overt racism like it is in the U.S., but then over time you realize, you know, somebody said, I believe, believe it was Salem Debs who said, you know, it's just racism with a smile. So I was like, that really meant a lot to me because now you can really sit back and unpack and look at the little minor details of how this whole thing works. And, you know, I'm big on the aggressions piece. That was something when I learned about the aggressions, and I don't say microaggressions because every, every little comment or remark has a lasting effect so it's an aggression regardless and when you use the word micro it almost empowers the aggressor to dictate how you're supposed to feel so if you know a person makes a comment about a black person's hair and say oh it was just a small aggression no no bullshit that person can really feel sensitive so you're not allowed to tell me how i'm going to feel about you degrading me so mm -hmm. the more and more educated i got about racism, the roots, the core, the little details, how it can be skewed based on the language that people are trying to, you know, objectify things and, and try to discount, okay, I didn't mean it that way, like just learning more about blackness, not in the sense of my history and my culture, but how the world perceives blackness and how people um, try to manipulate that really triggered me to dive deeper into how we can make it better, how we can enhance the understanding, how we can make the changes. Because like you said earlier, we're talking about coaching and learning about how players think and operate how kids in our generation. Well, how do somebody who doesn't identify as Black see a Black person and, and claim to be racist or claims to be an ally? What are their thought process? What is the root mm. of their thinking? Where is it coming from? Is it the textbook? Is it is it online? So again, back to your question, it was a matter of education figuring out more about how the world sees things and how we can change the little things within our world to ultimately work outward and try to change the world overall. So it wasn't one specific moment. I've dealt with a number of different racist uh, events in my life personally. I'm not going to disclose those, but it's just a matter of now I'm in a position to do something 
bigger than myself and my immediate family. Cause I'm always going to educate my kids and take care of my family and protect them as best I can. But mm-hmm. if I don't do more with my opportunity, I'm wasting my time. I'm wasting my blessing that God has given me. So it's a matter of now having that courage, stepping into those brave spaces. We don't say safe space. It's a brave space to, to sit at this call and be vulnerable and expose yourself and talk about these things. So having the courage to continuously have these brave community, these brave conversations and step into those brave spaces and empower others is something I just felt obligated to do. Hmm. I love that. Again, I love, I love, again, the language usually, right? Like this brave space, like taking courageous action. Um, and it was really great to see. Um, one interesting part that I had, I know when I spoke with Donovan Bennett last year, he talked about, you know, uh, he understands the idea of like allyship, but he says, I want a teammate. And I was like, you know what, I, I, I like that idea, right? And it probably again, that, that sports context. So, so I'm curious. And to before, I, I don't want to cut yeah. you off. I'm along the same lines with the allyship. And one thing I learned is that not only do people who are black, indigenous, and racialized need allies to stand by beside us, Mm -hmm. we need allies to stand in front of us to block some of the noise, to block some of the traffic, to step up. So those who don't look like us that are constantly oppressing us to be able to break down those curtains and those barriers to create change. So I I agree with Donovan in a sense of, I need a teammate, I need somebody that's next to me, but damn, I need somebody in front of me too. That's not blocking my view. That's helping Mm -hmm. me knock down these walls. So that's awesome. No, and you know, again, I love it. And and it's interesting, you know, I I know last year, you know, one of the, with the hashtags was, you know, we are one. And it was interesting that, you know, I, I think that, you know, using that was a simple way to sort of understand what we're driving towards. But it was interesting that in my own sort of like studying myself, because I believe that we first need to study ourselves before we can better understand others. It was like this idea of like, it's, it's about creating more unity, more harmony amongst each other, as opposed to separation, division, right? And, and it's an interesting concept because, you know, when you, when you start to see others as, hey, you know, this is other people, you know, are like, they're the same, right? They're the same, right? Unity. Although we come from different lived experiences, I have found my uh, willingness to be open to more diverse thought has, has, has completely transformed my life, so... I love, I love it. Sure, um, we, can, we can go and we can travel to different parts of the world. We can dine in different cuisines. We can learn different languages. But are we truly embracing and accepting and appreciating that particular race, culture, or creed? Yeah. Probably not. We're just checking the box here, taking some photos <laughs> and scratching stuff off our bucket list, right? Yeah. So we break that mantra of, you know, having those... I would say face value experiences to really get some in-depth understanding and appreciation. And, you know, the whole, we are one and and please don't cut it off. It's united against racism. Yeah. goes together. Like to say we are one and have that stand alone to me, that was part of the discussion I made. Like we are not all one. We're all independent. We're all individuals. Yeah. Have something else to show. We are united against racism so now there's a bigger picture here that we're all respecting individuality we're all embracing each other's backgrounds and, and shared experiences but we're also united more importantly we're united together against racism right so mm. it's huge that we continue that mindset moving forward starting with our individual institutions moving into the whole conference and now the entire uh youth sports uh community yeah okay um so, so I'm curious, like, what do you see kind of as, you know, where do you see as the next logical step? Like, where, where is this uh, change? Like, where, where do you invent, what needs to happen next for us to continue to promote greater diversity? What, I'm, I'm curious. 
as <laughs> you smile. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, if I had the answer, I'd tell yeah. it, make it appear, yeah. and boom, give it to those um, powers that be. But yeah. number one, you have to just be intentional. Um, you got to be diligent with your efforts. You have to continue to find people who are like-minded in the sense of they're going to be open-minded and they're going to be willing to push for change. Yeah. And you'll realize that at some point, everybody's going to have that point they can't push past or don't think they're ready to push past. Then you got to push them through it. That's the only way to make change is to get people used to being uncomfortable, having the uncomfortable conversations, making the unpopular uh, decisions, right? Stepping outside of the norm. Because mm -hmm. the norm always reverts back to white centeredness. It always reverts mm -hmm. back to whiteness. It always benefits the white person. And we're not trying to take away from whiteness. We're trying to deviate from the norm and create a new norm, which is more uniform in terms of diversity. Like it's not just about one train of thought, one way to do things. There's multiple ways to do things. So how can we mm -hmm. create, we gotta go to the, the core of the problem. We got, it's gotta be systemic changes. And it starts with those decision makers that are unfortunately old and white, right, that are mm -hmm. usually 60, 70, 80s years old, that are set in their ways, that are not accustomed to having those open trains of thought. And those are the ones that we have to unseat and get more, I'm not saying youth is the ultimate answer, but if you get certain people in certain positions that are able to have more influence over the room, especially if you have people that look like myself and think like you and I think in terms of creating opportunities, that can be a great starting point, right? But until you unseat some of those old dogs that have been in there forever that are never gonna change things because they always benefit from it, until you get more people who are more open-minded and have an opportunity to create change, until you get people to not teach racism because it's something that is taught, right? That person is black, that person is white, this person is this, you need to treat them like this and you need to think like that. I believe that is taught mm -hmm. until that stops happening or more important, even better yet, until racism is, the history of racism is taught properly about the roots, the foundation, where it came from and how you can undo it, then we can't make changes. Cause you see down South, they're trying to, they talk about all, you know, they're, they're trying to limit the type of conversations you can have in classrooms now. You can't talk about this, you can't teach that because they're worried about hurting people's feelings. Well, imagine being a black person that went through slavery Imagine being somebody who dealt with the Holocaust. Think about how they felt physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually experiencing that. Don't worry about how the person is going to feel learning about it. It's more important to learn that lesson and see, man, histories, we, we got to be better than that. That shit can't happen. Again. We got to, mm -hmm. so we got to be able to do a better job of teaching what happened, making sure that it doesn't happen again, and building specific policies and procedures and opportunities to not put those barriers up to not revert back to the same well that's just the way it was that's just the way it is well this way ain't good enough we got to fix it hmm. you know it's interesting you know what i really heard from you again and and, and i believe that this is why um, high level athletes and coaches can be such powerful catalysts of change because i think built within sport is this ability to uh be uncomfortable right spiritually uh, mentally, emotionally, physically, uh, because like you said, like, yeah, these, these conversations are not sunshine and rainbows all the time. Like sometimes it's acknowledging that, you know, like this isn't good enough, but you know, then again, it's understanding, okay, how can we work together? Right. How can we, how can we create a more, you know, compelling future going forward so that everyone has more opportunities that, because I believe that that's where, 
I know that that's where that diverse and you know what moving back here to the GTA to Toronto I realized like I like being back here because I love uh, the fact of there's just some, there's a different energy here so so I'm curious um, again you know being respectful of your time and energy you know you obviously have someone who you know you've had this rich like that's what I really come back to you've had this rich diverse experience right and and Again, having this conversation, I realize how how thoughtful, right? Many of the many of the conversations, right, that we have are are really wow. Um, yeah, what what would you like to see happen? Like, if I said to you, okay, here's here's the magic wand. You have King Midas's touch, right? Boom, everything you got. Like, what what is it that you would like to see? Like, we remove well, all I'd, the barriers. You know, I'd like to see a billion dollars in my bank account. You know, <laughs> I, I start there, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, again, I don't, I don't, I don't do what I do necessarily with an end game, a specific okay. end game. Like, I want to see, you know, another black president. I want to see, you know, twenty three different, you know, U sports black head coaches. I don't do it for that. I just want to see a better future. I think because I'm a believer, because I have faith in the unseen, I'm not really focused on a specific end game for the okay. whole race, the whole, um, for the movement to be able to increase opportunities, right? I just want to see a lot more peaceful. I want to see less violence against people who identify as Black, Indigenous, and racialized. I want to mm -hmm. see more opportunities for those who identify as Black, Indigenous, and racialized. And I want to see a lot more harmony and a lot more care for the human race overall. You know, to me, we got to take care of each other the same way you look at nature and its ecological system of how everything works together. We got to work together as human beings as well to take care of one another. And that's really what I want to see moving forward. And, uh, you know, as a coach, you know, we're always trying to get the best out of our players. Mm -hmm. So we need to do that in life. Let's get the best out of each other. Right. So, yeah, mm -hmm. the situation may look bleak. It may not look ideal. What are we going to do to fix it? I think being a coach, I'm always going to have an action base. I was never a guy to sit around and wave the flag and say, hey, look at me what I'm doing. I'd rather be yeah. doing some stuff, yeah. right? Because as a believer, you know, idle hands, they're not, you know, not <laughs> yeah. so let's make sure we're, we're using our energy and attention and opportunities because they're limited. You know, we, we don't know when our class can expire. Like it could happen today, tomorrow. So mm. every day we wake up, we have a chance to, to do something, whether it be big, small. If we can go to bed at night knowing that we did something positive or we were able to utilize our opportunity, then it was a good day. Mm. You know, it's interesting. Like what I really heard from you, again, what's the simplicity of like focusing on let's create win-win-wins, right? And that requires sort of like, uh, a raising of the collective consciousness, right? That that this world, there's more than enough that it truly is an abundant, a prosperous, a rich, you know, uh, world we live in. And, and we just, everyone, you know, deserves to get their proverbial piece of the pie, right? And that opportunity. So I love it. Okay. Uh, so I'm curious if anyone, if this conversation I know it's inspired me like I'm definitely starting to be like oh my gosh like I, I'm thinking about this 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 if anyone was inspired by this conversation maybe they want to learn about what it you know uh being a part of Waterloo Warrior football maybe they just want to be a teammate and having this conversation about how to create change in this world um what can people do to help and, and support you and what you're helping to grow yeah, great question. Um, I'm the co-founder of the Alliance here at the University of Waterloo. It's a um, 
group within the athletic department is comprised of coaches, staff, faculty, and students for approximately 35 members strong. Um, just celebrated our two-year anniversary today. Um, right now, we're looking, thank you. It's, it's been great. Uh, we've done a lot of different things in and around the University of Waterloo, from expression sessions on campus where the students will have different conversations about racism and their experiences on campus. Um, we've had uh, guest speakers come along and educate us about, you know, different things happen in the world in Canada. We were just finished up. Our pilot program was a learn to swim program where we had 45 um, women and uh, uh, excuse me, moms and daughters that were part of the program that learned how to swim. They're gonna pick that up in the, in the winter. So the point is um, number one, looking for open membership with any alliance or anybody that is uh, University of Waterloo student, staff, faculty, whatever, please reach out to myself, Rolly or, or Jackie uh, for information with that. And anybody outside of the University of Waterloo, you know, my, my information is public, my email address is available. We're always looking for people to collaborate with. If you have a, um, a group on campus that you're working with, or if you wanna just exchange ideas, have conversations like this, ask questions about how I became so brave and bold and able to have these conversations and step outside of my comfort zone. I'm a resource. I'm just, I'm just somebody here doing God's work and just, you know, making sure every single day I'm doing something that's positive and productive. So I'm an open book with my heart on my sleeve. So I'm not somebody that's afraid to show how I feel. And sometimes that's going to be to a fault too. But uh, answer your question, like I'm accessible, right? Yeah. I'm, accessible. I'm not somebody that's going to ignore phone calls or going to put things to the side. If it's important enough to you, yeah. I'll make time for it. You know, for example, like this meeting today, I want to make sure that we got this done because it's important to me to, to have an opportunity to speak and to share and to support your, your vision and your path. And I thank you for the opportunity because, you know, whether I affect one person, whether 10 people watch this, somebody, I know at the end of the day, even myself, I learned something today about myself and I learned mm -hmm. about you as well. I look forward to having more conversations like this, you know, off the camera because I was never one that likes the spotlight, but yeah. um, I've gotten more confident too. So again, just, you know, going through life and, and finding more people to support me, extending my network, finding allies and yeah. finding like-minded people that want to inflict change and want to, want to learn and grow. So I, I, I just, uh, I say reach out. I'm, I'm available on Facebook. My name is my, is there. Um, mm -hmm. Twitter, CoachDA97, and my email address is on the website. So yeah. I can be accessed any by different means. We talked about social media being highly used. I'm trying to be more active on social media. I'm still a little bit old school, a little bit private. Yeah. So the nice thing is I can watch highlight tapes. I can have conversations because sometimes face-to-face -face or Zoom can be a little challenging, can be a little daunting. So text me, mm -hmm. right? tweet me, whatever. Yeah. I love it and I'll be more than happy to share uh, any of that information in the description, uh, whether on Facebook, whether on YouTube or, or the podcast. Um, I, I really want to take a moment to uh, acknowledge you, Daryl. I, I want to acknowledge you for, you know, the great man you are, the great husband, the great, you know, uh, father, oh. the, great, the great teacher, coach, mentor, but more importantly, the amazing human being you are. You know, the one thing I've definitely um, gotten from this conversation is the importance of being a strong and powerful, calm and competent leader. Like, you know, like you can tell, like you wear your heart in your sleeve, you know, you, you got this great energy, this great enthusiasm, this great passion of, of making this world a better place. And I really want to acknowledge you for, for continuing to take that brave and courageous action to, to help us make this world a better place. So thank you for that, brother. Thank you. I appreciate that. It means a lot. I've really, I've grown a lot 
past 10 years. You know, I, I used to be a more, even more energetic guy than you know on the field. And this calm and, and passionate and strong demeanor that I'm putting forward is something that I've actively strived to become because I wanted to have people look at me as more than just a black man, more than just a black athlete. I'm, I'm more than that. I'm more than what you think. I want to change person's initial thought process or what they see. And then when you hear me speak, I want, man, that guy knows what he's talking about. He's passionate. He's this. So I want to really make sure that people are not judging me by my cover. I want them to take the time and get to know me and understand me and realize that I have a lot more layers like an onion. Yeah, I, I love it. So folks, Coach DA drops so many valuable nuggets of wisdom that will not only help you succeed in sport, but more importantly, in the game of life. But as I remind you every time in the huddle, knowledge is potential power. It's the consistent and focused application of great knowledge that actually creates great results. So my challenge to you is to take one of these valuable nuggets of wisdom and go apply it to your life today. And as I remind you every week in the huddle, you are deserving of greatness. You are worthy of greatness. You are greatness. It's your responsibility to bring it to the surface. So as always, my only ask in these conversations is if it resonates with you, please share this conversation with a friend, a loved one, a teammate, someone in your life that you feel would benefit from, from hearing this conversation. Because the more people we have understanding these simple ideas, applying it to their life, the brighter this world will be. Uh, I look forward to chat with you next time in the huddle. Have a blessed rest of your day. Take care, guys. Thanks for your listening.